in that song, I'm forever grateful. Let's praise the Lord as we sing. What was that? We know better, yeah. <laughs> Well, today we're starting a new series called Behind the Mask. We're all behind the mask these days, aren't we? You might remember this uh, actor. His name was Robin Williams. Maybe you remember him from a show called Mork and Mindy. Do you remember that show? That, that's a blast from the past, isn't it? He made us laugh in, in many movies since then, but eventually, sadly, he would take his own life. And it was Robin Williams who said, everyone you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. Be kind, always. It was true when he said it, but I think it's even more true now. These days we're carrying so much. Sometimes when it seems that we can't take any more, we get nailed again. And even if we don't look like it, even if it looks like we've got it all together, inside some of us, or some of the people we're standing in line next to at Costco, or somebody who serves us at the hardware store, Inside of people that we interact with daily, many times there is an emotional storm that we're hiding behind a mask. And I'm not talking about that physical mask only. Back in the spring when we were uh, in lockdown, I sent out a survey to the congregation just asking you what, does, what, do you, what your opinion was and what was your comfort level as we got ready to come back into church. And one of the things that I did ask about, I asked you to explain to me or to tell me what were some of the supports you wanted to see or you could uh, benefit from in the future. The one thing that got the most votes was mental healthiness. And so today, like I said, we're beginning this series called Behind the Mask, and we're going to look at four different struggles that people have, especially these days. Of course, we're not going to cover every little detail or every little aspect of these four uh, struggles, but I hope that we are going to be able to take away some key points. One thing I want us to take away is that the enemy is a liar, and that the lies that he can tell us when it comes to some of the struggles that we face on a day-to-day -day basis. The other thing I want us to take away is some antidotes to those lies. Something we can combat the lies with. And then I also want us to be able to take away some practical steps that will help us in our day-to-day -day, um, as we carry out from Monday to Saturday before we are here in this place. I also hope that it will be obvious to us that God cares about us as a whole person, mind, spirit, and body, and that his word can give us relevant teaching that is applicable for us today. Over the next four weeks, we're going to talk about these four struggles. Anxiety, fear, 
exhaustion, and today we're going to talk about loneliness and isolation. Do you see yourself in any of those categories? Maybe, maybe not. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word is relevant even today for us. It is absolute truth, and we stand firm upon that and upon your word. And so would you teach us in your word today how you are always with us, that you never forsake us, and that we are, in fact, not always alone. You are with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Well, we've, always, we've all probably experienced various degrees of loneliness in our lives. But if I'm honest, I think the one time that I experienced the most loneliness was when I moved from Canada to South Korea all by myself. Now, I had some friends a little bit south of me. They're about three hours south of me who were living in the same country. And when I arrived, I really thought I was going to have my own place. I thought I was going to live by myself, and, and I didn't. I was surprised to find out that I was going to live with a small family, which actually exasperated my loneliness, um, maybe opposite of what you might think. It made me feel even more alone because I, I was shy, and I still am shy. I know you probably can't believe that, but... I was shy, and I really didn't want to interact with, with anybody else, so I spent a lot of time in my room, and my parents have the phone bills to prove it. The worst feeling of all was when I would travel three hours south, visit my friends, and then have to say goodbye and come back on the train by myself. Or if they were visiting me, and I had to bring them to the train station and say goodbye to them, those moments, those goodbyes, those were the loneliest times when I would turn around and say, okay, it's just me again. This guy named Les Carter, he wrote a book called Mind Over Emotion, and he gave us this definition for loneliness. Loneliness is a feeling of separation, isolation, or distance in human relations. Loneliness implies emotional pain, an empty feeling, and a yearning to feel understood and accept it by someone. Loneliness, a yearning to feel understood and ex accepted by someone. I think if we peeked behind the mask of some people these days, we'd see a lot of this loneliness. A couple of years ago, before COVID or BC, the UK thought that loneliness and isolation was an epidemic so much so that they appointed the world's first minister of loneliness. Can you imagine? Her job is described as tackling the sad reality of modern life. In the U.S., they say that loneliness had reached epidemic levels, and right here at home, we're told that about 20% of Canadian adults experience loneliness, and all of that was before COVID. The research suggests that loneliness is worse for our health than smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And according to one scientist, it triggers some physical responses in our body like hunger, thirst, and pain. You know, we are never more connected than we have ever been right now. 
But despite all of this at our fingertips, our computers, our cell phones, our social media, Zoom, and many other platforms that fool us into thinking we are connected. We're actually more isolated and alone today than we have ever been, especially these days. Do you know that even God thought being alone was a bad idea? After creating the world and everything that was in it, after declaring all of those things good, there was one thing that God declared as not good. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Then the Lord said, It is not good for man to be alone. I will make a helper who is right for him. Now I know there's any number of jokes we can make about that, isn't there? By God's design, we were made for community. But what happens? What happens when our community changes? And like myself, alone on the other side of the world, we find our situations are changed. We feel anxious about making connections with other people, or maybe we lack the confidence to be around others. Or what if a global pandemic forces us into isolation, leaving, a, leaving us outside of our familiar routines and our circle of supports? What do we do then? What do we do when the masks that we are wearing cover up the reality that we're lonely? Well, as we read the Bible, we can see many examples of people who have been there, who have been in that lonely place. Think about Joseph alone in prison, Moses alone on the mountaintop, John, he was alone on the island of Patmos, Jeremiah the prophet, he served God from a very lonely place. Even Jesus was alone in the wilderness. But, like I've already said, unfortunately, we have an enemy and this enemy prowls about seeking to devour those who follow Jesus, those who are close to following Jesus, and those who are follow Jesus their whole lives. And one of the tricks the enemy uses is lies and deceit. And we can fall prey to the lies of the devil very easily, especially when we're in a vulnerable position like being lonely and isolated. In these moments, the enemy would like us to believe that God is not with us. The enemy would like us to believe that he, God will leave us, that we are really alone. This is the lie that he tells us. And that makes our pit of despair go even deeper. But you know what? Just like the anti-venom can be an antidote for a poisonous snake bite, God's word and the promises in the Bible provide us antidotes for these lies and for our loneliness and for our isolation. 
promises that speak truth, like God is always near us. God goes with us wherever we go. God promises to never leave us alone or to forsake us. God promises that nothing can separate us from him. And God will move heaven and earth so that we can always be in relationship with him. So if you're listening to this today, and that's you, you're in that lonely place, you're feeling isolated, you're wondering, where is God for whatever reason that might be. Or maybe, maybe that's not you. Maybe you're listening today and, and you're fine. You're not in a lonely place. But you know what? There are those around you who are. So wherever you are today, this is for you. Wherever you find yourselves, I want us to take away three antidotes for loneliness and isolation. And we find them as we look up, as we look in, and as we look out. I had to make that easy for us to remember, right? Look up, look in, look out. First one, look up. Psalm 42, verse 5, asks a very good question. You may have asked this question yourself. Why are you downcast, O my soul? Why so disturbed within me? And the response to that question is immediately, immediate. Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Whenever we find ourselves in a state of despair, whatever that might be, but for us today we're talking about loneliness and isolation, whenever you're there, our first stop should always be to look up. In Psalm 22, David actually felt abandoned by God. Imagine that feeling of desperation, that feeling that everything, even God, had left you, and instead you were surrounded by those just wanting to rip you apart. It's one thing to feel alone and isolated socially, separated from your friends and your family, but this abandonment by God? I mean, that just takes things to a whole new level, don't you think? And that's where David is. He is in this moment of great distress, made worse by the notion that God has left him. Yet in this moment of greatest despair, David's first look is towards God. In fact, he makes this declaration in verse 1 of Psalm 22, he makes this declaration and he says, My God. My God. He may have been feeling abandoned. He may have been feeling alone. He may have been feeling like God doesn't hear him. But he still looks up with this acknowledgement that this is his God. And this is true for us too. Our moments of feeling alone, our time of isolation, shouldn't stop us from looking up. Acknowledging that God is our God and our current state of being does not alter who he is. Our situation, our isolation, our feelings of being alone 
our circumstances does not change our God. It just doesn't. And so as David looks to God, he remembers who God has been. Our ancestors trusted you and you saved them. They called to you for help and you rescued them. They trusted you and you did not disappoint. As David looks up in this moment of abandonment, he looks back at the times that God has already seen them through. He looks at the times when, when God did what he said he would do. He looks back at the faithfulness of God in the past. And I can think of no better antidote to our loneliness than to look up to God and who he is and to look back at what he's brought us through, how in his faithfulness he walked alongside of us through the good, the bad, and the ugly. Because as we do, our despair turns to praise and our praise turns to moments of worship. And when worship becomes the soundtrack for where we are, we can't stop, we can't help but lock our gaze on Jesus. And David's initial question of why have you abandoned me turns into, later in, in Psalm 22, turns into, Lord, I pray. When we look up at who God is and we look back at his proven track record, we can start to change our minds. And our gaze is no longer fixed on our situation. And we begin to realize, wait a minute, I'm alone is only the false story we've been telling ourselves. That in fact, that it is a lie. A lie trying to derail our faith in God. And so our despair, as our despair turns to praise, we know that we know that we know God never abandons us. He's not done it before. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us because he hasn't done that before either. And in fact, he's pretty invested in us. He already moved heaven and earth to make sure that he will never, ever leave us. So look up. That is one antidote for loneliness and isolation. A second antidote is to look in. Let me ask you this question. Are you filled with God? When we look up, we acknowledge who God is to us and who he has been to us. But here, as we look inward, we ask ourselves this question quite honestly. Am I filled with God? In her book, Uninvited, Lisa Turkers talks about this very thing, and she talks about having the fullness of God tucked within us to the point where it's like oxygen to our soul. Are you so 
full of God that it overflows into your life on a daily basis. Listen to what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 3. So I bow in prayer before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth gets its true name. I ask the Father in his great glory to give you the power to be strong inwardly through his Spirit. And I pray that Christ will live in your hearts by faith and that your life will be strong in love and be built on love. And I pray that you and all God's holy people will have the power to understand the greatness of Christ's love. Listen to this. How wide, how long, and how high, and how deep that love is. Christ's love is greater than anyone can ever know. But I pray that you will be able to know that love. Then you can be filled with the fullness of God. When we're in this place, when we're in this place where the Spirit is flowing through us, filling us with every good thing that the Father wants for us, when we're in that place, we can catch glimpses of just how much, how wide, how long, how deep, how high is Christ's love for us. And we become filled with the fullness of God. In our moments of loneliness and isolation, we can easily go to the place where we wonder, does anyone care? Does anyone know I'm here? Yes. Yes. God sees you. He loves you. And furthermore, he wants you to be filled up with the fullness of God that comes through an understanding of the love Christ has for you. Look in. Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to fill you daily so that you can better grasp the love God has for you? How does that happen? Well, it happens as we spend time in God's word. We memorize scripture and we pray. There's no substitute for this. There's no shortcut. We can't, we can't figure out a quick way to get there. This is where it's at in the word and in prayer. So when you came in today, where, you sit, where you're sitting, there were some cards on your seat. I put them there more than 72 hours ago. So they're COVID friendly. I want you to take those home. Next week, all throughout this series, we're going to have a card on the, on the pew when you come in. I want you to take that card home. And there's two, pass two scriptures on there. I want you to read those. You can read them every day. But even better, it would be great if you memorized those. And something happens when we write out scripture. So I've given you a little box there for you to write out that verse. And you can write it out. You might get a notebook, a journal, and you can write out these scriptures every day this week. But this is how we are going to combat the lies of the enemies. This is how we're going to counteract the lies that he wants to tell us. This is part of the antidote for loneliness and isolation. 
Doesn't it seem too good to be true? Perhaps. But I guarantee you, as you apply this formula to your life, reading and memorizing the word, praying, it will become more and more obvious to you that indeed you are not alone. You are not alone and you are loved. And when you get to that place, you know what's going to happen? You're going to be so full of the goodness of God, it's going to be bubbling out. And you're going to not be able to contain it, so naturally, you're going to look out. So we've looked up, we've looked in, and now we're going to look out. We've already mentioned Genesis chapter 2, and God shows us the one thing that was not good in the creation process, and it was not good for man to be alone. Even at the onset of the world, it was clear we were made for community. But what do you do when community doesn't come naturally? Or the community you knew has changed? Or we're forced into isolation like we have been recently and might be again in the future? Who knows? What do we do in those moments? We look out. Proverbs 11.25, those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Think about that. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. It's so easy for us to stay in our lonely places and wait for someone to come to us, isn't it? We're waiting for someone to recognize our pain. I've been there, in the waiting. Don't they know I'm hurting? Don't they know I'm over here alone? And what happens in that waiting is you get bitter. You get angry, you get annoyed. But what Proverbs 11.25 reminds us is to go. Seek out others who need refreshing too. Be aware of those around you who need to be encouraged. And furthermore, be led by the Holy Spirit daily. Listen to what he might be directing you towards. And as you listen, obey and act. These days, you don't have to look far to find someone who needs a kind word, a cup of coffee, someone who's hurting, someone who needs to be seen, someone who needs to be known. We are all fighting a battle these days. You know, I think it is not hard to shine bright these days. It is not hard to shine bright these days. It only takes the cart person at the Walmart and a kind thank you, maybe a look in the eye, thank you. You've probably made their day because 50 people before them might have been complaining about the carts. It is not hard to shine bright these days. We're all fighting a battle that some know nothing about. And so we can sit in our loneliness and we can wait for someone to come and refresh us or we can ask the Holy Spirit to work 
through us to bring refreshing to someone else. The lie the enemy wants us to believe is that we are alone. But the truth that scripture tells us is that we are never alone. We can combat loneliness and isolation by looking up to the God who promised to never leave us and forsake us. By looking in to be sure that we are daily filled with the goodness of God and by looking out to see who around us needs refreshing. A friend, a phone call, a text. These are our antidotes for loneliness. How are you going to apply them this week? We're going to sing in just a minute. But before we do, did you know that, that Jesus felt lonely too? Does that give you some kind of comfort? When he was on the cross, he echoed the same words that David said in Psalm 22. Why, God, have you forsaken me? In our moments of isolation, remember, we serve a God who is acquainted with our pain. He is aware and he has felt what we feel. And so if that's you today, will you let him shine in your life? Will you let Jesus in to be the light in your life? To remind you, that voice reminding you, I will never leave you. I will never leave you alone. Friends, you are not alone. You are not alone. God is with you. Around the clock. He never sleeps. He never slumbers. And so lean into him today. And be encouraged by the truth of the word that declares. You are not alone. So, Father, today we thank you for the truth of Scripture. Lord, there's so many things out there this, these days that can cloud our judgment, they can cloud our minds, but the truth of Scripture remains, and we stand on that today. And what your word has told us is that we are never alone. We might feel alone sometimes, but we are never alone. In fact, the enemy might try to remind us that, oh, you're alone, and they might nip in our ears, but God, we are never alone. And so we stand firmly upon that truth today. Would you show us, Holy Spirit, as we go from this place and into our week, would you show us those who need refreshing and let us be refreshing for them this week, we pray. Thank you. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Roger and Shirley are going to